All right, Jim. Uh, let's start by introducing our audience to yourself as well as to Mason. Great. Yeah, so I'm Jim Shao, uh, founder and CEO of Mason. Um, we started uh, just over five years ago um, with the aim to build the smart device platform uh, for innovators to take over industries. And so when you think about Square, Ring, Peloton, there's been a proliferation of these smart hardware companies that have come to life. And we want to make it easier for a founder with an idea uh, to make that happen. And so we provide a hard, uh, hardware library of designs. We provide the software tooling. We provide the integrated services like Fulfillment Telecom so that all you have to do is really build an application to go to market, and we help you through the rest of it. So we're really the only fully managed uh, infrastructure that can help uh, someone take an idea of a smart hardware product and turn it into life faster than anyone else. So are you, would you categorize yourselves as a platform as a service? How do you position? Yeah, we, we, we think of ourselves as mobile infrastructure as a service. So we think about AWS um, pioneering infrastructure as a service by uh, combining all the yep. compute uh, into the cloud. Sure. We see what Twilio has done with um, introducing mobile services to um, developers. Uh, we're merging the two into mobile infrastructure as a service where now a developer can stand up you know, a, um, hundreds of uh, thousands of uh, you know, gigabytes of compute all on the edge across 50, 60 different countries um, without having to um, you know, ship a box themselves. So um, how many developers are building applications on your infrastructure? Right now we have hundreds of developers um, building different projects. Um, we have uh, dozens of different customers in production, uh, especially around healthcare and government where uh, we're really active. Okay. And what is your business model? We, um, so our platform, the way we charge is license plus usage. So customers will pay uh, a license for various different designs within our uh, hardware library. Um, and then they uh, use different services like telecom or uh, logistics that are attached to it. So for instance, um, some of the top pharma companies are using Mason to um, change over from paper and pencil into electronic data capture um, for whether it's cancer studies or allergy studies. And they're using Mason technology so that it's all they have to do is essentially build uh, an application um, to survey their uh, patients. And we deploy it for them across you know, about 50 or 60 different countries now. Okay. And are your customers mainly enterprise customers? Yes. 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 We sell to, we focus on uh, mid-market. Um, we're just getting into more of that enterprise, you know, billion dollar plus market cap. Um, uh, uh, our strategy has been uh, really interesting in focusing on the software companies, the software development companies uh, mm -hmm. that services all the uh, hospitals or the uh, pharma companies or the government agencies, and that's allowed us to go to market really quickly. So let's talk about use cases and some of those specific applications. Let's start with whatever is your you know, highest revenue generator currently. What is that application? Who is the customer? How are you going to market with it? And, and what are the details of that particular application? 
Yeah, one of our uh, larger customers um, is servicing government agencies. So uh, about 1,400 government agencies from the federal down to the local level. And we're helping them transform, you know, decade-old technology when it comes to ankle bracelets and helping the uh, Department of Justice and Department of Homeland Security turn ankle bracelets into smartwatches and mm. then be able to provide additional services for our immigrant community, for our parolee community. Some of our most vulnerable community, when you think about it, you know, you and I, we've experienced the iPhone or the Android device you have in your pocket for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. How do we take some of the guts of that and put it in a way where some of our most needed communities can use that technology, um, you know, backed by uh, various government agencies to, for instance, you know, um, seek asylum or um, add mobile banking services or find jobs, especially given the climate today? Hmm. So um, now what... What is the differentiator? Like, if somebody, if it's a, you know, comparable to the Apple iWatch, would it not make sense for your customer to build an app on the Apple iWatch? What What is the case for using your technology versus building an app on Apple iWatch? Great question. It really boils down to control. So you take, Mm -hmm. um, you know, for instance, the folks at Johnson & Johnson or Novartis or Lilly, and you ask them, okay, why why?" exactly the same question. Hey, you need to do another clinical study. Why not run it on the Apple Watch? Well, it turns out Apple is very much known for being its walled garden. Uh, Apple is very much known for keeping its uh, user data, its consumer data uh, to themselves. And so this provides a lot of challenges, especially if you're a top drug company and, you, and top partner company, and you want to be able to, um, you know, relay back to the FDA all the different endpoints of data, all the raw data, and especially if a study goes uh, good or bad, you're able to pinpoint the data set uh, without having to use paper and pencil or some other instrument, right? And so now the challenge with uh, Apple's devices is because Apple is really building a controlled consumer-oriented experience, they're not really thinking about how do I build the best uh, patient experience when it comes to in their homes. So when, when you talk to a pharma company, they're really looking for solutions around remote patient management uh, of these clinical trials, phase one, two, three, all the way to uh, approval, phase four, um, using a lineup of devices where they can control, right? They, they don't want to use Apple's iOS. They want to have their own operating system that can be supported for five-plus years, that can be certified for various countries. Um, the supply chain is designed not to switch devices every year, but to actually make it so that they can collect data in a reliable and stable manner. Um, and at the same time, be able to go all the way down to the driver level and collect um, some of that data that's very raw. Interesting. Okay, very good. Very good. Now, um, so you're saying that you do all the logistics of uh, distribution of these devices as well, manufacturing and logistics of these devices as well, yes? Yeah, and it kind of boils down to what Apple has done really well, right? They've been able to marry hardware and software together. So even though they may not have the best hardware or the best software separately, it's the marriage of the two that makes it so powerful. And so for us, we, we want to democratize that. We want to democratize Apple's playbook and provide that, um, you know, end-to-end solution, starting with the supply chain, where we're 
instead of providing a consumer mass production supply chain, we're giving enterprises, companies, the ability to own their own elastic supply chain and to be able to call that via an API so they don't have to stand up a massive hardware supply chain team and get delivered exactly the right hardware solution to wherever it needs to go. So that's the logistics piece, right? And so when you think about the two together, uh, having enough hardware, enough gigabytes and enough you know, RAM and ROM in the field, enough processing power in the field, that's kind of like the S3 when it comes to AWS. And when you think about the logistics services, that's kind of like the EC2 when it comes to AWS, right? And so what we're doing with logistics is the ability for a customer to be able to send you know, one piece of commute, compute out into the field or all the way up to 100,000 plus, as you've seen in some of the uh, government and healthcare customers of ours. Mm-hmm. And um, talk to me about data. Um, you know, one of the IoT uh, uh, points that comes up in our discussions all the time is a lot of the Internet-connected devices throw out a lot of data. Um, now, in the use cases that you have described, these are not necessarily big data use cases, but do you also have customers who are doing big data use cases? Um, yeah, I mean, definitely collecting a variety of data that's really important for, you know, whether it's uh, Medicare reimbursements or being able to uh, make sure your doctor has the latest and greatest info on you. So, for example, uh, you know, a number of our devices are actually used as a hub in the homes of our elderly grandparents uh, for data collection on behalf of their uh, hospital systems. So in the, uh, when the pandemic happened, you know, it, it really made it hard for folks to go into the hospital for elective surgeries or for non-COVID-related uh, symptoms. And so what our technology enabled is to act as the hub and connect with a number of different accessories like um, scales and blood pressure cuffs and smart pill dispensers, uh, et cetera. And what we've learned from the space is that, wow, can you believe that some of these folks, some of the largest folks, are just sourcing their accessories from Amazon and cobbling the solutions together, right? So they're running out of stock. They don't know how to get the right uh, piece of data from the scale without talking to the right manufacturer because they just went under, you know, through consolidation. So there's a number of things we're doing in, in thinking about, okay, how do we provide a product suite for remote patient management? that makes it really easy where everyone can look in the industry and say, okay, that's the set of tools I need to go mine any sort of patient data when it comes to uh, within their home um, or uh, on the edge. But these are all discrete and specialized, um, you know, functional equipment, like the smart pill dispenser, for example, is a, you know, is in its own right a... um, a piece of equipment that has to be designed and, and deployed specifically. So, what uh, what are you? What is your take on that? Yeah, our approach to hardware is a little bit different um, than your typical consumer player. Um, we think of it as very much a Lego strategy. So, if you build the different common componentry for low power, medium power, and high power performance, then you can actually build an ecosystem of various devices really quickly. 
because then all you're doing is just changing the industrial design, which is just the plastic wrapper around the um, you know the, the the printed circuit board and the um, the chipset and all the the other good stuff. So the way we think about it is, if we build the uh, large set of Lego pieces for customers, they can actually go to market so much faster than if they were to build it themselves. And that's a challenge today, right? If you were to build a smart hardware company or a smart product company today, like a Square, Ring, or a Peloton, um, you would have to design from that circuit board from scratch on up, whereas we already save you, you know, 70, 80% of that time by giving you uh, pieces right off the shelf that you can't start um, connecting together. So, no, I understand that part. Uh, I guess I was trying to understand your uh, specific use case that you just talked about of patient ma- elderly patient monitoring uh, where you offered a bunch of different functions. So are you saying that your customers who are doing remote patient monitoring or remote patient servicing are providing all of those functionalities like pill dispensers and you know, blood pressure monitor, whatever, within a custom device they're building that they're building on top of your hardware? Yeah, and so we allow them then to just focus on the software, right? Building that, even if you raise tens of millions of dollars or even some of our customers $100 million plus, it's pretty challenging. Um, so what we allow them to do is free up the resources so they don't have to think about building the custom atom bits, but just focus on building the software bits. Um, and that's, that's been a tremendous help, right? And imagine now instead of having to build your application on top of Apple's rules or Samsung's rules, you get to create your own rules, and now your developers can unlock features or um, a techno- uh, technology that they didn't have access to before. So mm-hmm. I'll give you an example, right, where uh, our smartwatch has more sensors packed on it than the Apple Watch. Um, it's essentially a mini uh, smartphone on your wrist. It's got a front-facing camera. It's got uh, SpO2 uh, oxygen um, sensors. It's got PPG and ECG for various uh, heart rate monitoring. And it's also got a skin temperature reader. So combined, you really have a really powerful computer the, the size of a watch that you can place just about on your wrist, you know, on your belt clip, or even as a lanyard. So customers that are using this are not just like transforming government agencies. Okay, think about how do we apply this now um, uh, for the uh, Department of Defense, for Marines during training, but also when you think about these clinical studies, that same Lego piece can be utilized for clinical studies. Hey, how do I help grandma in Florida maintain her diabetes treatment, uh, as well as perhaps manage her latest uh, clinical study um, in, in trying the new drug? Got it. Um, maybe you want to adjust your set up again because your line is starting to break up a bit, but, uh, but let me continue. How about percentage of your uh, customers or deployments are in the healthcare space since it some, sounds like that's a recurring theme? Yeah, it's definitely the, um, uh, on the majority side, so 60% plus of our customers okay. are in healthcare. Although we do have customers, um, like I mentioned, in government and retail and hospitality. Okay. So for instance, in pizza chains, helping uh, mom and pop pizza parlors uh, uh, do digital ordering much faster and have a lot more control uh, than if they were to rely on Uber Eats or uh, DoorDash. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any startups building 
products on your system? Yeah, absolutely. We have um, seed stage startups, you know, just getting started where for them, you know, we're, we're, we're a blessing, right? You just raised, you know, one, two million dollars worth of funding. Uh, you're cobbling together a software uh, engineering team to build the first application. But then, wow, just to go to market, just to get 100 doctors or 100 nurses or 100 uh, sites uh, online, it's going to cost you, you know, uh, half of your um, investment in terms of hardware spend. And it's pretty risky. You may not even get the money back. The hardware may not be delivered on time. It may not be customized to the specs you want. There's a lot of risk in that, right? So we eliminate it and say, hey, you know what, for $15 a month, you can get started with one of our designs. Uh, it's guaranteed to work. You'll have control over the same operating system as if you were Apple. You'd have the same over-the-air technology as Tesla does to its vehicles. You would not have for uh, the smart products and smart hardware you put out in the field using our designs. And you know that this can be supported for multiple years, five years plus, uh, because we have that end-to-end -end, um, um, uh, uh, control of the supply chain all the way to the um, logistics. How many uh, startups are building products on your platform? Right now, we have dozens and growing pretty quickly. Um, last year, uh, last quarter, uh, we nearly doubled our uh, customer base. And what is the most interesting use case you've seen coming out of the startup world? Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, you take a look at some of the folks that are innovating in healthcare. It's really exciting. Um, we have folks that are building RPM for um, epilepsy. Uh, patients. Um, mm -hmm. We have folks uh, for cardiac arrest. You know, there's over a million pacemakers installed in folks all over the country, and it turns out that 60% of them don't actually need or may have not needed a pacemaker if they had enough time to actually evaluate from the doctor's side, right? So we have customers that are building essentially these like Iron Man vests that, can, that really that keep you alive for you know, 90 plus days while the doctor evaluates. And you can still go fishing and go, go working out without having to carry this like giant tackle box, which is the legacy technology without Mason. <clears throat> for me, the most exciting piece is like, uh, you know, a couple years ago, I was diagnosed with um, psoriasis, you know, the skin mm -hmm. condition where it, it turns out to be uh, pretty pretty wild and um, you know, not as bad as uh, some of the other patients that have to undergo treatment, but it's definitely an area where it kind of woke me up into like, wow, like I never thought that, you know, I would be an end user of our technology, but it turns out that, you know, some of the stuff that's missing on the market, like for instance, how do you do a dermatologist? Uh, a telemedicine study to show a patch of your skin that's really hard to get to. And if you point your smartphone to it, you can't really talk to your doctor. You can't say, hey, this itches more than this piece. She or he is not capturing that data, right, like in, in the right way. So then they mm -hmm. prescribe you this other random thing. And it turns out those drugs are not only really expensive for the insurance companies, but for the patients, they may not be getting the right diagnosis or treatment, right? Mm -hmm. So. That's where um, it gets really exciting for us to start innovating. Like you think about a smart pill dispenser, look at all the pill dispensers in the market. They all stink, either way too expensive and over-engineered, or it's just something you would find on Alibaba. So what would you do if you were the top 10 healthcare um, systems, right? Are you going to go to Amazon for your long-term you know, patient adherence solution when it comes to a smart pill dispenser. So that's, those are areas where we're able to really innovate and take the smart chipset, you know, those fundamental Lego pieces that we're talking about, start building them into um, very uh, 
very customized solutions for these different vertical use cases. Very interesting. That is super, super, super interesting. And what about your company? What, um, what is the structure of your company? Um, you know, what kind of funding, what kind of, uh, you know, scale are you at? Yeah, so we, um, we uh, back in 2019, we hit profitability coming out of our garage. Uh, we signed up a, a handful of different healthcare companies, and we were off to the races. And um, back in 2019, we raised a $25 million Series A, led by some of the um, uh, pretty well-known uh, investors uh, in the world, um, including um, uh, Thomas LaFont and Ariel Zuckerberg at Co2, um, uh, Hans Tung at GGB, and uh, TJ over at Base 10. And so we put together a pretty solid group of investors, and they really believed, like, wow, even though it's tough, like, you, think, you look at AWS and Azure, they had the back uh, checkbooks of, you know, Amazon and Microsoft, right? So we, we instead assembled uh, a really awesome group of investors to back us in our endeavor to build, you know, essentially AWS for decentralized computer or AWS for the edge. And you think about how that uh, works, back in the last 18 months, we've scaled our team to include essentially the ability to build a hardware company and a software company and a services company in one, and we've done it pretty lean. So... Um, you know, in terms of the output per Mason, um, it's it's actually quite uh, spectacular now looking back on, you know, some of the output we've been able to do with just 50, 60 employees right now. Very good. Wonderful. I, I really enjoyed uh, listening to you. I think it's a, it's a phenomenally cool um, offering, and I, I'm particularly interested in what uh, startups are going to do on top of your platform and what kind of apps and, uh, you know, new companies that are going to be built on your platform. Of course, it's interesting to see what uh, enterprises are doing with it as well, but I think uh, because of the world that I uh, live in, I find, uh, you know, anything that makes startups' lives easier and it makes it easier to innovate for small companies, very interesting and very exciting. So uh, congratulations. Very, very uh, cool company. Uh, let me cut the recording and I will chat with you for a moment.